Eating healthy is not the same as eating for fat loss. You can eat in a caloric surplus in carrots, meaning you're going to gain weight. Right. That's health. Carrots are healthy. Right. But it's all relative to your goals. Right. So mm-hmm. eating healthy is not the same as eating for fat loss. And I had to learn that. Mm. And so I did that through tracking my food. Welcome to the Four Fires Podcast, where we talk about winning in all four of the essential areas of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Four Fires Podcast. Glad you guys are joining us today. And today I have the great privilege of recording a podcast with my lovely wife, Rachel. So welcome, Rachel. Thanks for having me. This is fun. (laughs) So for those of you that don't know, Rachel is a certified nutrition coach. Uh, Rachel, I want you to give just a little little um, introduction of who you are and kind of tell us about your journey with your nutrition and figuring out how to, Alan talks about, pull the levers of the physical fire. Like what are the things that you've learned? Um, and so on that note, you can probably guess today we're talking about the physical fire. So uh, Rachel, give us, give us a little intro and tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, so I'm Rachel Rice. I am Jeff's wife, and I just have had such a, it's been such an honor to go through the four fires and be on this journey with you in trying to live four-dimensionally in all areas, but nutrition and exercise specifically is really close to my heart. Ever since I can remember, I have been obsessed with how nutrition can heal the body, I've always thought that's super cool hearing stories about healing cancer because they did this or that or just healing different parts of their bodies or diseases through nutrition has fascinated me. And so I've always wanted to do nutrition in some capacity. I thought that might be in the realm of dietetics, but I ended up going the counseling route and I am going to be a counselor. I graduate in May. But I also incorporate nutrition in my life and use that as my passion through being a certified nutrition coach. So I get the honor and privilege to coach amazing, wonderful men and women in their nutrition journeys. And that's just been the honor of my life to walk alongside them in that and just help them through major struggles because this is a major struggle for so many people. I mean, our society especially in the U.S., is obese or overweight. And that's just um, become kind of a norm now. And so I love to be able to help people figure out how to pull the levers, like you and Alan have said, in the right way to help them overcome that obstacle. So for me myself, in 2019, I was playing volleyball in college, so exercising twice a day. And over the course of I would say seven, eight months, I gained 30 pounds, had horrific, you know this, because I would not be around you without makeup on, caked makeup because it was horrible. I had cystic acne, gained 30 pounds, depression, anxiety, felt horrible in my body, and I didn't know why. I was a collegiate athlete, again, exercising twice a day, Mm -hmm. supposedly eating healthy. You know, I've always been interested in nutrition and I've always researched things about how to eat healthy. And so I thought I was doing all the right things and nothing was working for my body. And it was one of the worst times in my life, to be honest. And I just felt alone and stuck. And I didn't know how to get out of that and feel my best, look my best, 
I didn't know if that was ever possible again, to be honest. So I went on this journey of finding out what works for me specifically. So again, any client that I work with, we're going to figure out what works for them and their body specifically because Mm -hmm. everyone is different. And what works for some person, some person might not work for another. Or it might work, but maybe not work as well. Exactly. Right. And so we need to figure out what works for you and your specific lifestyle. And so I have just loved being on this journey as a nutrition coach, doing that with other people. And it really lit more of a flame in me with having the struggles that I had in managing my symptoms, which now I know is PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm -hmm. And that's a hormonal metabolic disorder, which most people, most women, if you see them struggle with weight, cystic acne, male pattern hair growth. I know that sounds (laughs) weird, but if you're a girl with PCOS, you know what I'm talking about. And it's just a struggle. And so that's why I'm so passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Uh, So let's talk about what you did to figure out how to improve on your nutrition and your exercise. Uh, Cause I know that you had some, what you thought the type of exercise that you needed to start doing to lose the weight that you didn't know why you were gaining. Uh, you figured out that it was actually different from what I guess society would tell you to do, like just go run 50 miles on the treadmill. So uh, tell me about what you figured out with nutrition. Let's start with the nutrition and then we'll get into the exercise later. So What did you figure out at that time when you said you had gained 30 pounds and you figured out you had PCOS and the acne? What did you, what were the first steps that you took? uh, And then what started working for you the quickest or the best? Yeah. So, and you've been with me. He's a real one, y'all, because (laughs) through the thick of it with the 30 pounds and the horrific, I look like the proactive commercial, (laughs) you know, poster child of cystic acne and all these crazy things, you stuck it out with me. So you've been on this journey with me. But the main things as far as nutrition, I would say that worked for me specifically. And again, I tailor nutrition for what works for each client individually. For me personally, as a woman with PCOS, what worked for me was I started to cut out a little bit of gluten and dairy because gluten and dairy are highly inflammatory foods. Are they bad? No. Do I still eat them in capacities, certain capacities every week? Yes, Mm -hmm. because it's whatever we do most of the time that gives us results, not what we do some of the time. Mm -hmm. So... As you know, I use the 80-20 rule. So 80% of the time, I eat whole nutrient-dense foods. I don't personally eat a lot of gluten and dairy and just good fueling foods. 20% of the time, I'm going to eat the ice cream, the cookie, cake, the pizza, all those things Mm -hmm. on a weekly basis. So on a weekly basis, 80% of my foods whole nutrient dense, 20% is the fun foods, not the bad foods. Mm -hmm. And so cutting out gluten and dairy more so than before definitely helped as far as inflammation in my body. One of the biggest factors that I still implement now is not eating, I'm going to call it naked carbs. Okay. So naked carbs are just eating a carb without a protein with it. So me specifically with PCOS, I can eat an apple and my insulin will go woo and raise a little bit and, or yours will 
raise a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mine will raise an extreme through the roof. Yeah. Yes. And so I don't eat a carb without a protein. Whether okay. if I'm going to eat an apple, I'm going to have a protein shake or mm-hmm. some beef jerky, anything I can get my hands on, some lunch meat mm-hmm. to balance my blood sugar and my insulin levels because okay. I know that that was a huge factor for me personally mm-hmm. is balancing my blood sugar yeah. levels. Yeah. And another thing I did was I went through a period of time of tracking my food. Mm-hmm. I had to figure out what am I eating Yeah. because – a lot of us, quote unquote, eat healthy. Well, what does that actually look like? Also, if you're looking to lose fat, eating health, eating healthy is not the same as eating for fat loss. Hmm. You can eat in a caloric surplus for your body in carrots. Hmm. Yeah. You can eat more, cal- meaning you're going to gain weight. Right. Mm-hmm. That's health. Carrots are healthy. Right. But it's all relative to your goals. Right. So eating healthy is not the same as eating for fat loss. And I had to learn that. Mm. And so I did that through tracking my food, which was so beneficial because then you're finding out, okay, well, how many carbs, how many protein, how many fats are in each one of these foods, how many calories in general? And then you can kind of manage it from there. But I would say those are the biggest nutrition pieces that I implemented. Yeah, so you kind of got into what I would consider to be advanced talk with nutrition of like inflammatory foods and this and that. And you did a lot of research and figured out what it was that you needed to uh, go towards and what you needed to avoid. But if we back up before we get into all the advanced stuff, you and I've heard people say, do people really not know about nutrition? It's just eat less and work out more. Clearly what you're talking about is far more advanced than just eat less and work out more and your physical fire would be great. So, But if we're going to start out with the absolute basics, if I come to you and I say, Rachel, I need to figure out how to lose weight or whatever my goal is in the physical fire, what are the first steps that you're going to walk me through? Like, What, what are you going to tell me, hey, you need to start prioritizing this? So in simple terms, and mm-hmm. I'll go into this more, calories are king. And you have to prioritize protein within that space. Those are must to nutrition. Calories are king overall. So calories are the driver of weight loss and weight gain. Right. So if you are gaining weight, you are eating in a caloric surplus, mm-hmm. period. If you are losing weight, you're eating in a caloric deficit. If you are maintaining your weight, you are eating at maintenance. Mm-hmm. You are expending the same amount that you are consuming as far as calories. Yeah. So keep in, keeping in mind calories are king and you have to prioritize protein are the biggest pillars of all for nutrition because protein is the most satiating macronutrient. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel fuller longer eating more protein, your blood sugar and your insulin levels are going to be way more stable, helping your body to be less inflamed, less cortisol in the body, just um, operate better as a whole. And it helps maintain muscle mass, which is huge, especially in fat loss. People think, oh, protein, especially women, let me call that out. (laughs) Women are scared of eating protein. Women are because scared of, of lifting weights. Because of what? Because they don't want to look bulky. Okay. However, 
eating high protein and weight training makes you lean if you're a woman. We don't have the testosterone levels mm -hmm. like men. We don't have the same body composition or hormones as men. It is what helps us have that beautiful lean muscle tone mm -hmm. that every girl wants. Yeah. And I see a lot of people spin their wheels and end up frustrated because they're not prioritizing protein. And they lose the weight maybe because they're just focused on calories and not protein, but they don't look how they want. Yeah. So now they've hit their goal weight, but they don't like how they look because they have no muscle tone and muscle mass. And also another point on protein is, and how important it is, is the more muscle mass you have on your body, Mm, that's good. It's kept through protein. The more you can eat, come on, everybody. You know, we want to eat the most we can mm -hmm. without because, gaining weight. Because what it it raises your basal metabolic rate when you have more muscle mass. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, the if Which you prioritize strength training and protein and have more muscle mass, the more muscle mass you have, the less body fat mm -hmm. you will have, and the more you'll be able to eat because your basal metabolic rate has raised. Right. And if you're unaware of what that is, that's just the number of calories that your body will burn if you sit in a car and ride across the country for 12 hours and you do nothing. So that, that's just the the amount of calories that you're – all of our bodies have a certain amount of calories that it will burn if we don't eat anything and we don't work out. That There's a number that – Just to live. Just to live, your body will burn. Uh, a certain amount, and that number is lower than most people think. Yes. So most people overestimate how many calories they burn through movement and underestimate severely how many calories they are consuming. Yes. And that's where most Agreed. people are stuck on the hamster wheel, frustrated at why they cannot lose weight. Mm -hmm. Another thing I just want to say on that is – your diet does not have to have a name. You don't have to do any specific diet. The reason that all diets work is because they put you in a caloric deficit. Let's take keto, for example. And I'm not knocking any diet because, again, what works for one person is wonderful. If that works for you, and then maybe that doesn't work for someone else. So mm -hmm. they'll do something else. And I think that's great. However, let's take keto, for example. You're cutting out a whole macronutrient in carbs doing that diet. Well, that's a whole macronutrient, meaning you are eating less calories. You are in a caloric deficit. Intermittent fasting. The reason that works is because you are cutting out a meal mm. in your day, so putting you in a caloric deficit. It's not the type of food that you're not consuming that's making you lose this magic weight. It's simply the calories that you're consuming. Yes. Is and that what every diet is? Every yes. fad diet that we hear about? Yes, yeah. because calories are the driver of fat loss and fat gain, Right. period, so, no matter the diet. Uh, I think we would both agree on this, that the physical fire and thinking about getting your uh, nutrition under control, I'll call it, uh, is not figuring out how to live on some diet it's not it's not some diet that you're trying to figure out it's just a lifestyle change no so your diet let's is, talk about that your diet is not something that you are on or off right it is simply your lifestyle mm -hmm. i choose to live 80 20 lifestyle because mm -hmm. i like ice cream and pizza and i'm sure all my listeners do as well <laughs> so 
the thing is you can have all of that. A lot of people have all or nothing, black or white thinking when fitness and nutrition is a gray area. Mm -hmm. You don't have to say, I'm never going to have sugar again. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That is not going to be sustainable. No. Yeah. So you do not have to cut out sugars or a certain food group or certain macronutrient to lose weight. You can still have cookies and all those things in your diet if you are watching calories. I'm going to echo that again. Calories are king. Mm-hmm. They can be included in your diet as long as you are tracking or you're knowledgeable about calories. Mm-hmm. On that note, another piece of nutrition advice would be to track your calories for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Tracking food is not a life sentence. You don't mm-hmm. need to do it forever. Yeah. You don't have to do it forever. You just need to get knowledge at some point in time in your life that will aid you for the rest of your life where you're not saying, oh, I'm eating healthy and nothing's working. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. Yep. Well, if you've spent a period of time tracking, you know what's going on. You know roughly how many calories is in that piece of food or how many protein, how much protein is in food. Mm-hmm. And once you gain that awareness, you're good. Yep. And if you want to be more, if you want to tighten up or tone up or go through a deficit and be more conscientious, track again, sure. But you don't need to do that necessarily yep. after you've gained the awareness one time. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of people and they think eating two eggs for breakfast is adequate protein. Well, if you've tracked calories, you know that is 12 grams of protein. No, that is not enough. Mm-hmm. That is not enough protein. If you think peanut butter has tons of protein in it, if you think fatty pork or ribs, just because it's meat does not mean that it's mm-hmm. like so high in protein. That's big. I, I had to learn that one. So like we'd have an event or something and I would get this big plate of brisket and I'm thinking like I'm eating all this protein, but then you actually look at the macros of that brisket and it's it's 50% of its fat and 50% of its protein. So like it's nowhere near as good as a lean protein like chicken or I love deer meat. I love venison. So now that those things are not bad. I have peanut butter literally every day because I love it so much. Right. Eggs, brisket, all those things are not bad Mm -hmm. at all. They're just relative to where are you at on your protein today? Yeah, that's right. It's just relative to the rest of your day. That's right. And if you want to get specific for the listeners out there that are trying to implement tracking calories, okay, let me, let me figure out what works for me. Let me track my calories and then let me eat higher protein. What I recommend and most dietitian nutritionists recommend is eating one gram of protein per pound of ideal body weight. So meaning if you weigh 150 pounds, you probably should be eating around 150 grams of protein. Mm-hmm. And that is going to help you feel great and make you feel fuller because it's the most satiating macronutrient. So if you want to start somewhere, start with thinking, what's my ideal body weight? And then eat that many grams of protein per day. Yeah, This has been the biggest game changer for me personally. Mm-hmm. And in keeping my cortisol my insulin, my blood sugar, inflammation, all at bay yeah. for my PCOS and managing those symptoms. Yeah. Then that's important, eating the one gram of protein per pound of your ideal weight. 
Yes. Right. Not your actual Not weight. your actual weight. If you weigh 300 pounds and you're trying to lose weight, you don't need to eat 300 grams of protein. No. That's Conversely, just a good if rule you're, of thumb. if you're 150 pounds and you're trying to bulk up and put on some muscle mass, you want to weigh 180, then you should be eating 180 grams of protein. Yes. Every day. So what are your tips and tricks? Uh, do you have any tips and tricks on hitting the protein? Because hitting the protein goal can be very hard. It can, it can be difficult sometimes, especially if you're also trying to be in a caloric deficit. So hitting a high protein goal and staying in a, like for me, if I'm trying to cut and my maintenance calories is 2,400 calories a day and I'm cutting and I'm eating 2,000 calories a day, those 400 calories that I normally would eat, uh, that could be a pretty big chunk of the food that I'm consuming. So uh, do you have any tips and tricks on still hitting that protein? Like maybe uh, I'll just let you share. So any tips and tricks that you have on uh, hitting that protein goal and staying in your calorie goal? For sure. So the number one that I would say is pre-logging your food. Mm. So generally people know that they're going to go out to eat for dinner or lunch. Generally, you know your day plans when your day starts. Now, sometimes there's bumps in the roads and we just pivot. We make adjustments over excuses and we pivot the plan for the day. However, most of the time, you're going to know where you're going to eat Mm -hmm. or what you're going to have. Go ahead and pre-log that and plan your day around it to hit your protein goal. So pre-logging and also testing it out, especially if you're new to this, log a bunch of stuff. See how many grams of protein, how many calories. Go through that process of awareness of how many calories are in a piece of chicken. How many calories are in shrimp, in ground turkey. All those things Mm -hmm. and pre-log them. Pre-log what you're going to have. Plan your day around that to maximize protein goal. So, for example, if you know you are going to have a plate full of brisket, like our example from earlier, Mm -hmm. for dinner. You're gonna have, okay, let's say you're gonna have Jim and Nick's. You're gonna have the rolls, you know, those those yummy rolls they have, the brisket, the mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and pre-log that in. So you'll know, okay, I'm pretty high on fat today, pretty high on carbs. Let me see what lean protein I need to eat for breakfast and lunch. Yep. Plan your day around it. Vice versa, if you are eating a lean, wonderful chicken dinner (laughs) for dinner, then you can say, hey, I have some rooms for some extra fats or carbs or this and that, and then enjoy it. Mm -hmm. But either way, plan ahead and make adjustments for it, Mm -hmm. and you'll easily hit it. When you start doing this, it may seem impossible or hard. You're like, how am I going to hit this much protein? That's Mm -hmm. where a lot of people are at. And just give yourself grace and time, and it will get easier with time, I promise. Check the labels when you go grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. Flip everything over. Get that awareness. Because once you know, once you log something one time, you know how much calories protein things like that are in it and so you have that awareness for life Mm -hmm. and it just aids you in a way that you can optimize your nutrition whereas other people who are unaware are just spinning their wheels Mm -hmm. and another thing I would say is a lot of people don't track because they say I don't even want to know 
I know it's horrible. I don't want to know. And ignorance is bliss is something that a lot of people say. But I want to say loud and clear that ignorance is not bliss with nutrition. It is not bliss. You will end up frustrated, mad at yourself, and wondering why you can't hit your goals. If you just say ignorance is bliss, I don't want to know. Yeah. No, you want to know the data with mm-hmm. nutrition. Hmm. Not to be obsessive, but yep. to become aware so that you can seamlessly and easily hit your nutrition goals to feel and look your best year round. Yeah. Another thing I would suggest is keeping tabs on your weekly caloric intake. Mm. So a lot of people, when they do start tracking, say, oh, yeah, I was good on this day, but this day wasn't that, wasn't as good. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, when we look at the data, what does that mean? You may have been in a caloric deficit all week. This is where there's a term going around called weekday dieters or weekday dieting, meaning you're in a deficit all throughout the week and you blow it on the weekend and you wonder why you can't lose weight. It's mm. weekday dieting because mentally – you are in a deficit because you're working hard all week long, Monday mm. through Friday. You are mentally in a deficit. So you're in that mindset of, I should be losing weight. I should be losing weight. Well, then you eat way over proportion of calories on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Now you've raised your caloric average for the week from being in a deficit to being at maintenance or, or a surplus, or, to or be or honest. Surplus. Depends on how many... Uh, how many chips and uh, Rotel dip you ate at the football game. <laughs> yeah, so that can be used for your good as well. I want to say that. So you can calorie cycle. If you know that you – okay, if let's just do an even number for easy counting. If you know that you're trying to eat 2,000 calories a day for your deficit, okay. you can eat 1,700 this day, 1,800 this day, 1,800 this day. Then when you get to the weekend, you'll have more calories. You can eat 2,300 and then 2,500. Gotcha, for the week average. Yes, it's all about weekly average mm-hmm. caloric intake. And that is where I see most people spinning their wheels and frustrated because during the week, they're on point, they're tracking, they're in a deficit. And the weekend, they're way off track, putting them on at maintenance at least mm-hmm. or surplus. And they're not losing weight and they're wondering why. So looking at it from a weekly caloric intake standpoint is super beneficial. So one of the things you said was people severely overestimate the calories that they're burning and they severely underestimate the calories that they're consuming. Did I say that right? Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, I kind of want to get into a little bit of the exercise part of the physical fire. I want to hear about your story of how you shifted your exercise from the traditional, like, oh, I'm, I'm overweight, I need to go lose some weight, so let me go run five miles a day on the treadmill. Um, and I know that you found out that type of working out or even the high-intensity interval training for you with the PCOS uh, was not the best for burning fat uh, and building muscle. So talk, me, talk to me about that process of just, of just exercise and what you would prescribe someone who is looking to improve their physical fire. What what kind of exercise would you prescribe, man or woman? 100% strength training. Across the board, male or female, strength training is the best form of exercise. Okay. It is studied over time, research, 
longevity, memory, function, Mm. everything points to if you want to be healthy, you need to have muscle mass Mm. on your body. I think strength training might be a little off-putting. I like resistance training because like strength like maybe a, maybe a female would be like oh i don't want to like build all this strength that's true <laughs> but i like i like it's, it means the same thing but resistance training of just you're going to be lifting weights it could be 15 pounds it doesn't have to be some crazy weight but um but yeah just wanted to hit on that so don't think you have to be like arnold or one of these other crazy power lifters or bodybuilders that are lifting all this crazy weight that's not that's not the only example of strength training nope let's also talk about body weight Mm. if you are a beginner body weight exercises is glorious yep do not say oh i'm not doing that much if you're just using body weight no you are improving your muscle mass then maybe go to the two pounds then maybe go to the five pounds Mm. work your way up Mm -hmm. but strength training across the board is the best form of exercise that you can do. So as far as my story, I was thinking, oh, and especially as a, whim- as a woman, and I know other women out there, if you're listening, you probably have thought this at some point, oh, I don't want to strength train because I don't want to look like a man. Mm. Well, I thought that too at one point. I also thought, oh, only men need to eat protein. Mm. On that topic, let me just veer off really quick. Most people think that you need to eat protein only if you're in a bulk. Mm. Most people say, oh, you're I eating high protein. That. You bulking, man? Yeah. You bulking? No. I'm trying to get lean. Yeah. Did you know that protein is That's the most satiating macronutrient? Mm-hmm. Did you know that it's keeping my muscle mass maintained on my body? Yeah. So that I can be able to eat more without gaining fat? No, I'm eating protein. It's great for any phase that you're in. In general, same with strength training. Great for any phase you're in. Body weight, free weights, lifting weights, whatever you want to do. It is a wonderful form of exercise. And in my story, I thought eating protein and lifting weights is going to make me look like a man. But I learned through trial and error (laughs) of doing the HIIT workouts, the cardio. None of that was working. And now I know why for me specifically that was because it was raising the cortisol levels in my body. Hmm. Me jumping around and going back and forth and HIIT training. Which is the stress hormones, correct? Yes, the stress hormone in your body. It was raising the stress hormones in my body. And those hormones were staying elevated even after the duration of my exercise. Which then does what to fat loss? When your body is inflamed, it goes into fight or flight. Hmm. And it says, oh my gosh, I cannot let go of fat right now because we are under attack. Mm. And it will not let go of body fat. And so my my cortisol and my stress levels was chronically raised from doing HIIT workouts and a bunch of cardio all the time. And that was another roadblock for me losing weight. I will say for men, if you don't have certain conditions or this or that, maybe HIIT's great for you. That might work. And even even women. And even women. Yeah. Totally. String training is number one, but if you want to throw in some hit or this or that, right? depending on your body type mm-hmm. and where you're at. Right, because the, the high-intensity interval training or the running miles and miles and miles wasn't, wasn't great for you because yes. of uh, your PCOS and it, it, your um, 
your hormones and your chemicals would like get all thrown off like you just explained. You can explain it better than me. But for me, um, I, I think that high-intensity interval training is great for me. Uh, I don't do it enough because I would rather do slower-weighted exercises. And it's making <laughs> but, more of a difference, you focusing mainly on strength training. Yeah, yeah. Um, but throwing in hit workouts or cardio, mm-hmm. for sure. I still do cardio. But maybe two, three times a week for 15 minutes. I might do some incline stairs, mm-hmm. incline walking, things like that, steady state cardio. But that's not my focus at all. And it's really funny because I started prioritizing the heck out of protein. Mm. Like I weigh 135 and I eat probably close to 150 grams a day. Wow. Like even over the one gram yeah. most times throughout my journey. Mm-hmm. And I strength train and I've been asked several times for, are you a runner? And it's so funny because I'm like, no, I don't run at all. I do walk. That's another thing. As far as your, yeah, 10K a day is how many I aim to hit. But you don't need to do that. If you are someone who is just starting your journey and you only get 2,000 steps a day, or you have a desk job or this or that, whatever the step goal is, just create your own step goal. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's 5,000. That's wonderful. Uh, That's another hack I would say is create a step goal because people will think, oh, I did my 30-minute or 45-minute workout this morning. I'm good. And then they'll sit on their booty all day and wonder why they're not making progress Mm -hmm. in their fitness. And that's because most of our calories are burned throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So keeping in check, it's called NEAT exercise, non-exercise Activity thermogenesis. Yep. Which is what? What's an example? It, it Walking. Walking. Yes. I've also heard Non-activity. Like, I, I sit at my desk and I'll bounce my leg. Like, I've I mean, heard, that, that's I've heard, very minute. Yeah, I've heard that little things <laughs> like yeah. that. Like if yeah. for, for like two hours straight, if I'm sitting there at my desk and I'm bouncing my leg, <laughs> uh, like, or like moving in some way that, that, that actually, it's not much, but it does add up over the course of, say, a week yeah, if I'm sure. doing that for, like, several hours a week where I'm, like, sitting there. Anyway, I've just heard that that, maybe that actually – Maybe not aggressively yeah. like, have your leg. <laughs> maybe like, just go for a walk. Like, Get up and go to the bathroom. Yeah. For... <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I've heard of the, the – what's it called again? Neat. Neat exercise. Neat Non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Gotcha. So that's your movement throughout the day that is non-activity. Right. And it's just as – or – more important as the 30 minute workout you do Mm. in the morning. Yeah. So strength training and walking, creating a step goal. If I had to pick two things to do for the rest of my life, it would be those two things Mm. to keep lean toned fit year round. Yeah. What is your minimum recommendation for how many days a week a person should be exercising? What's What's the minimum? I would say Aim to do as many as you can because, again, if you are just a beginner, don't overwhelm yourself with this. Right. Do something. Messy action is better than no action, (laughs) 1,000%. So maybe start going for some walks. Mm -hmm. Maybe say, I'm going to walk three times a week. Yeah. Or I'm going to get 6,000 steps every day this week. Mm -hmm. Okay, now we're doing that. Let's do some body weight exercises. I like that. All right, now let's turn it up a notch. Let's do some five-pound weights. Yeah. And I would say the ideal is set a step goal. I would say the ideal would be 7 to 10K. That's solid. Yeah. For advanced, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. And for advanced, I would say three to five times a week. Yeah. 
strength training. But I wanted to touch on what you just said about if you're a beginner and you're first getting getting into this, yeah, don't don't set some crazy high like I'm going to start working out six or seven days a week and all this because that will likely it it might work for you, but I would say the vast majority of people, if you go into that, that exercise routine is going to be very similar to a fad diet that people will start. Yes. They're like, I'm not going to eat sugar ever again. And so they don't eat sugar for like a, let's say they maybe make it a month. And then all of a sudden <laughs> they're like, I'm going to go. And then they just go way overboard. And then they're just like eating all kinds of sweets and stuff. Because, exactly. Because they, they basically starve themselves for a month and they can't take it anymore. So then they become ravenous. And I would so say. Start slow. If, if you're a beginner, I would say. Yeah, I would say cutting out food groups like that from personal experience, nutrition coaching, and for myself, Mm -hmm. if you are having the all or nothing black or white Mm. mindset, you create an environment for yourself that you become a ticking time bomb (laughs) to binge eat all the sweets, all the things, go way overboard, or ticking time bomb to, to, I'm never going to, like, I just can't do it anymore. It's too hard. Yeah. And... Messy action is better than no action. Mm. Like, just do something. Go for that walk. Track that one meal a day. And another huge pillar, I would say, is, as far as mindset, practice taking action like the fittest version of yourself before you are them. And you will then slowly become them. So Mm. that was... The mindset that was the most helpful for me personally in my journey was me picturing, okay, what is the fittest version of Rachel mm-hmm. look like? And then I would practice taking action like her before I was her. Mm-hmm. Because, because then we, you're taking action based off of uh, what you know you should do, not based off of how you feel in that moment. Yes. So when I shifted that mindset, things would come up like, it would be 5.30 a.m. before work, and I need to go to the gym before work and work out. And I'm like, oh, really? I don't want to. I'm just going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Then I think to myself, what would the fittest version of myself do? She would get her booty out of bed and go to the gym. Mm-hmm. That's what the fittest version of myself would do. Mm-hmm. So just practice it. You yeah. don't have to be perfect every time. Just see how many times this week you yeah. can practice taking action like the fittest version of yourself. Yeah. And slowly, you will become that person, that man or that woman that is the fittest version of yourself. What does water do for your physical fire, consuming water? So water is another essential part of your nutrition and fitness journey. So it's going to raise your metabolism. It's going to help you identify, am I hungry or am I thirsty? That's one of the biggest things about water is the hunger cues in your brain are the same are the same for when you are hungry and thirsty wow so your brain sends the same nerve if you're hungry and thirsty and drinking adequate water ensures that whenever you get that signal of hunger that it is in fact hunger and not thirst because you've consumed an adequate amount of water wow i definitely know that i have done that i'll be sitting here at my desk and I get like, ah, I want to eat something. But I probably wasn't hungry because I had like, it'd be like an hour after lunch. I'm like, I know I'm not hungry. I just ate lunch. 
but then I'll be like, maybe maybe it's bored. I'm like sitting here and I'm bored. I want to go get a snack. But I think it's because I know I don't, in the past, I have not drinking enough water, but I'm working on it. Yeah. So I would say set, just like setting a step goal, set a water goal for yourself mm-hmm. and habit stack that goal. That was one thing in my personal journey that was so helpful. So one thing that I do is first thing in the morning, I fill my 32 ounce water bottle up with water. Yeah, she does. And I drink 16 <laughs> ounces of that on the way to the gym. Or if I'm not working out that day, I'll just drink the 16 ounce of water. But on days I go to the gym, I make it a habit that I have to finish that 16 ounce, the other remaining 16 ounces of water before I pull in the driveway. Mm-hmm. And that is just a habit that has leveled me up because, oh my gosh, by 7 a.m. or whatever time we get back from the gym, I've drinking 32 ounces of water. Yeah. I'm ready to go for the day. Then I say, let me drink another 32 ounces before lunch. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm getting somewhere. Yeah. And I would set a water goal to where you have certain markers in your day that you drink a certain amount mm-hmm. so that you've drinking enough by, let's say, 6 p.m. Side note, especially from a woman, <laughs> don't try to get in all your water if it's past 7 p.m. and you're like, shoot, I have not gotten in my water goal, don't just... Because you're going to get up like 15 try again times tomorrow. during the night. Yes, you will be up throughout the night <laughs> from experience. So, yeah, try to get it in as early as possible. So I say front-loading water. Yeah. Another right. thing is front-loading steps because it can be 7 p.m. and you're like, shoot, I was going to get in my 5K steps today. Now I got the kids and I got this mm. and that. So front-load your habits. Get your gym done, get your steps done, get your water done so that you have no excuses because things, as we know, will come up in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Things will come up. Go ahead and put that on your calendar right now. Plan that things will happen in the afternoon that will derail you. Mm -hmm. But if you practice front-loading water, steps, exercising, then you're good Yeah. the rest of the day. I would even say front-load protein. This This morning, I was just, I came back from the gym, had a really great workout, and I, I just was like, man, I listened to a great podcast that was on this topic of like <laughs> uh, building muscle mass and, and eating, consuming lean protein. And so I came home and I was like, man, I want to start my day off strong. And so I made uh, nine ounces of chicken and I toasted some bread. I love some sourdough bread. So I toasted some bread and made a, a chicken sandwich. I had a chicken sandwich and then I had chicken left over because I made nine ounces of chicken. And so that was 60 grams of protein that, that I ate for breakfast and it was awesome. Um, yeah. and so I, and I went, I got back a little bit earlier and I got ready quicker. So I had a few extra minutes to make that chicken. I don't have that much time. I don't, well, let me back up. I don't make that much time every morning. I have that much time every morning, but I don't make that much time every morning. Uh, but I did that today. I started off my day with 60 grams of protein and I was like, holy cow, this is pretty cool. And so, uh, I would say front load protein too. Yeah. I totally, totally agree with that mm-hmm. because then if your family wants to go get hibachi or whatever for dinner, you're like, all right, I can get some rice or some sushi. I'm good. I've already hit the majority of my protein goal for the day. So right. I would always recommend front-loading mm-hmm. everything that you can right. so that you have no excuse, mm-hmm. no panic at the end of the day. Yeah, and like we've said already, like find out what works for you. I mean, some people, it's like, I am not, will not, will not ever work out in the morning. Like for some people, that's just how it is. I would like to challenge them sometimes 
because sometimes that's based off of an emotional, like, oh, I just don't want to get up in the morning. But uh, maybe intermittent fasting works really well for you, and you don't eat until 12 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and then you got to really load up at that time with some protein. So maybe eating front-loading protein for breakfast doesn't work. So find what works for you mm-hmm. in all these areas because uh, there's not one right answer. But there are um, principles that are that are truth, and a lot of them are just math. Yeah, the math thing. So just principles that I go by, mm-hmm. especially because I don't eat naked carbs like we <laughs> talked about in the beginning. Yeah, because I don't want to spike my insulin and my blood sugar like crazy. Is I mentally am like, okay, I need to get thirty to forty grams of protein in each meal, and at least ten, fifteen, twenty in each snack. Yeah. Okay. Now that may take That's some a good time. Goal. That's a good goal. Having your snacks even have protein. Yes, yeah. every snack of mine has protein mm-hmm. because that also helps you get ahead for the day yep. in your protein goal so that you can eat something yummy and maybe more har- more high in carbs later in the day. Yeah, it's good stuff. So, Rachel, if you were going to give one more piece of advice to any listener, uh, what would it be? It would be establish your goal. What are you going for? That's good. Because, again, eating healthy is not the same as eating for fat loss. So create your goal. Is your goal to maintain your weight but maybe do some body recomposition? All right, we need to hit that protein every single day. Is your goal to lose body fat? All right, we need to be in a deficit. And remember, consistently on the weekly average. Right. Is your goal to build muscle? Okay. You might want to be in a slight surplus managing everything you're eating in there in that space of protein and things like that but establish your goal and then become committed to not starting over again just become committed to not starting over because it's a lifestyle change because that's where I see most people spin their wheels and end up frustrating and say nothing works for me Mm. I'd like to challenge that so for anybody out there who has been trying and I was in this place too I for sure was in this place of, oh my gosh, I'm trying everything. It's not working. The plan isn't working. Mm. Is it your plan though? Or is it your consistency? Mm. (laughs) So I would like to challenge every listener. If you think it's your plan that you're doing, I want you to get a calendar today (laughs) and mark down every single day that you are on point with movement, whether that's a walk or nutrition, hit your protein, Mm -hmm. mark down all the days that you were consistent in those things and look at the calendar. And if you're someone who is like, it's not working, I would like to challenge you to keep a calendar, Mm -hmm. look at how many days truly visually, how many days was I actually on point? All right. Well, it was definitely my consistency then is what most people are going to say. Right. Wow. I thought mentally that I did a lot better than that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, the data shows otherwise. So yeah, it's not good. your plan, it's your consistency. Mm-hmm. So take a look at that. Again, ignorance is not bliss and fitness. Yeah. You want to know yep. what are what's the data? What is my consistency actually look like? How many calories am I actually getting in? Because a lot of people are way underestimating that. And that's where most people have a hard time. Mm-hmm. So I would say establish a goal. Figure out, are you maintaining or are you going for a fat loss? Become committed to not starting over. Yep. And 
manage your consistency. How consistent are you? Yeah. And messy action is better than no action. I've said that five times on this podcast. Yep. But don't just say, oh, screw it. I'm just going to start over Monday because <laughs> that turns into Monday, 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 Monday <laughs> yep. for an entire year yeah. so easily. And yep. I've been there. I think everybody mm-hmm. listening can relate. So, yep. That's good. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for your time. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to check out the links in the description. If you're a man and you want to surround yourself with other men, consider joining the Four Fires Tribe and and getting in or starting your own fire circle. And that's just a group of guys that get together uh, once or twice a month to talk about the Four Fires and encourage and challenge and hold each other accountable to becoming the man uh, that they say they want to become. So I encourage you to keep checking out the podcast, join the Four Fires Tribe, and um, go live intentionally. 